Welcome to the Breaking Through with Apollo podcast, hosted by Greg and Thomas Beckers. We're here to give you an inside look on the entertainment industry through the lens of an actor and a manager, and we're here to help you break through in your own career. All right, and welcome to Breaking Through with Apollo. We have a very, very special guest today, Kara Shoot Rosenbaum, who has casted projects like Sorry for Your Loss, The Mindy Project, Jumanji, and American Crime Story. Thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad to have you on. So to start off with, let's start with like kind of your origin story. How did you get into casting? Why did you get into casting? Just uh, eliminate a little bit of that. Yeah, so I really fell into casting accidentally. Um, I did not know about it as a career choice. Um, I came from an acting background and I went to undergrad and did theater and dramatic literature and I kind of decided I didn't want to be an actor but I wasn't really sure where my place in the entertainment industry was. And um, I actually came out to Los Angeles through a grad school program. And I was like, all right, I'll go do one semester in LA and I'll just like see what it's like and I'll do these internships and I'll have these opportunities and I'm gonna move back to New York and like start my life. And I never left because my first internship when I came out here was in a casting office um, for Scott David and April Webster in Criminal Minds. And I was just like, what is this? This is magical and wonderful and incredible. And I, was really good at it really instantly. And it just kind of put all the pieces together for me. Um, and a couple of months after my internship ended, they had a new series and they needed to hire an assistant and I got a phone call and literally been at it ever since. So it's really incredible and amazing that I've had the opportunities that I've had because I, if I didn't have that internship, I don't know that I ever would have found this. And people aren't even offering internships nowadays that yeah. much anymore. So it's really, really hard to fall into. But you know, casting, is not something that's taught in acting programs around the country, which is insane to me. It's like definitely a craft that should be talked more about. You know, we're working on that on our end. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's how I sort of came well, to be. I didn't know. So you went to college for acting and everything. Um, do you ever, like, what has been kind of the combination of it? Do you ever, like, get an itch to still do any kind of acting yourself? No. Not no, at all? Never. Never. Do you never. Ever, like, working with the actors as a craft sense since you had a lot of that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think what attracted me to this side was I still got to work with actors and nurture actors and understand sort of their work behind what they were doing, where their beats and intentions were coming from. And I sort of had a base to understand where they were coming from and their approach with their work. You can kind of work on the work with them on their level um, to sort of craft the performance. And, and I, I don't miss acting. And that's sort of how I know I was not supposed to be an actor. You know, the things that I loved were like musical theater and dancing and like, you know, being part of a cast and just like, for me, like it was a hobby and it was a fun hobby, but it wasn't, it wasn't a career path. And it's not something I, I go, oh, what if, or, you know, no, none of that. <laughs> Is there anything that you, um, knowing what you know now, wish you maybe would have known earlier or done differently, or if you could like give yourself advice 15 years ago? You know, I think, I mean, listen, if I can give myself advice 15 years ago, there'd probably be a laundry list of other things <laughs> not related to career things, but yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I think you only learn by doing, and you only learn by failing, and you only learn by getting your ass kicked and having to get back up again. And and I don't think I would necessarily change any of those things or any of the ways that I've worked. Um, you know, I might warn myself against 
keeping my heart a little closer to my chest and maybe not giving so freely because I think that's how you set yourself up to be hurt and making sure people are as good as their word. I think that's the biggest one for anyone, but, and that comes with in your personal life and your professional life, right? Um, but I, I, I don't know that I would really change that much because like that's how we grow as humans and that's how we learn. So that's good so with it, you know? You have to go those, through those trials and tribulations, basically. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the parts of the job you really love and what are some that you may not love as much? Um, I love being in the audition room, period. Like uh, if I could just, if this job was just like auditioning people all day, like that would be the dream is getting to like work with actors and come in and see people do amazing, incredible work and like have those moments where you're like, yes, they got it. They totally got it. Um, and it sucks because now that we find ourselves in this strange and uncertain time, I think it's going to be a very long time before there are live auditions. Again, I think everything's going to be self-tape yeah. for a while. Um, the thing, you know, my probably least favorite job is what people don't realize about this side is there is so much paperwork in casting. Like we have so much paperwork we are constantly doing, whether it is deal memos or contracts or making lists, checking of veils, you know, making sure that the lists are perfect or, or, or so many things that go into it that are tedious. Like making cast lists is like, oh God, if I never had to make another cast list, I would be a happy person. Like things that are just, it's paperwork. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of checking avails, rechecking avails, putting the avails correctly in the correct order, making sure you have everybody's height for every single actor on the avail list. Like things that are just like so tedious and so boring, but are a part of this process so that people have all the information. Yeah, that's something. That's something I don't think most people realize, and it's, it's yeah. honestly something I hadn't even like. It makes complete sense, and it's just not something that you think about, like just how much time that probably takes. Yeah, those lists take a really long time to make, especially when we want to make them presentable and pretty, you know what I mean? Like we want our producers to look at them and our creative team to have all the information that they need. We don't want them ever to look at a list and go, well, what about this? Or can we get, or then, you know, can we get how tall all these people are or how old all these people are or past credits of these people? And then we have to go back and redo everything. Like we want it done right the first time. And it takes, our assistants work really hard <laughs> making sure everything is in the list that we need, so. Yeah. A lot of different balls to juggle, I, I take it as well. A lot of things that seems, seems really stressful. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like, I talk a lot about how this job is like being a mom to everybody because you have to balance the feelings of the actors, the feelings of the agents, the feelings of the creative team, the feelings of the network, the feelings of the studios and the directors. And you have to make sure all of them feel heard and all of them feel validated and all of them are doing their best work and that we all come together and find something. So it really, and a lot of times, those visions don't all match and you have to figure out a way to make it match. So you're doing backflips trying to figure out. Yeah, you gotta figure out how to make it all happen. So and, and you guys get so many people communicate with you too. I know you guys get like what is it, hundreds of emails a day? Oh yeah, hundreds. Hundreds and hundreds. Even still in pandemic, hundreds and hundreds. I think that was one of the biggest things that since we started doing this podcast we've interviewed a bunch of other cast directors that too is just the amount and volume of work that it's like a seven out of seven 365 a year whether you're on vacation yeah. or not it seems like you're just on the go all the time yeah it's non-stop you know and like the industry i mean it's stopped right now yes but there's always something going on there's always 
somebody who wants to get in touch with you and it's always like, you know, we're all living on our phones. So if they can't get in touch with you right away, they're like moving on, you know? So you want to be available because you want to make sure that you're still being considered and still being and how do you How do you balance it? You know, like I know you said you have a toddler, like how do you balance all that with your, with your personal life? You know, how do you, I guess, not get overwhelmed sometimes? That the challenge, huh? I mean, um, you know, since I became a mom, it's really, it's like one of been, been one of my biggest struggles is how to balance it all, how to like be, how do I give a hundred percent to my job and a hundred percent to my kid? And then I'm giving 200% and I have nothing left for me. You know what I mean? Like that's impossible. Yeah. So it's, it's life is about finding those balances in anything in your personal and your professional life. And, you know, it's, um, it's a struggle and every day it's different and you just have to kind of figure out what makes it work for you. I don't know what the answer is. Every day I'm figuring it out a little bit more, but if you guys figure it out, please feel free to let me know. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know if I figured it out because <laughs> like, like right now I don't have a family or, or I'm single. So it's like, it's already a lot. So when I hear like you have a whole family and you have your toddler and then combined with all that, like I'm, it's impressive. Yeah. It's a lot. It's hard. Is there anything it's hard. to do to kind of center and ground yourself being that you're on the go so much? Like, I don't know, some people meditate, meditate or. I wish I had time to meditate to be perfectly honest. Um, yeah. You know, I think like I love to be with my kid. I love to be with my family. I also love my work. So I find joy in all of those things. And those are the things that keep me grounded. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, taking time for self-care, however you can take it, however you need it. Um, there's often not a lot of time for it. Even in a pandemic, everybody's like, self-care. I'm like, self-care. I got a two-year-old. I got to run around after all day. I don't have time to like do a nice face mask. And get this right. <laughs> you know, you do what you can. In those do you ever bring it to the office just to hang out with you over there? No, that would be a disaster. Could you imagine? Just a screaming toddler. Yeah. <laughs> to switch gears a little bit, um, what's something in the audition process that can make an actor stand out for you? I think what always stands out for me is people who are honest, people who are true to, to who they are in the audition room, and people who have done their homework. You know, people that want to be there and they've put in the effort to make sure they have all the information. I always say that information is your greatest weapon in this business. Like, so if you're going in for an audition and you don't know the project, if you just Google it and take a few minutes to look up the project or the people attached to it or anything you can find or a deadline article, all of a sudden you're going to have so much more information and you're going to be so much better prepared to go into that audition because tonally you're going to understand what that audition entails. Um, and then you can try and figure out how you marry the cool things that you do to the tone of the piece. Cause I think that's really what it's all about. You know, it's, yeah. it, but like, it's always context based, right? Like, we're always looking at in the context of the role. So I can't say there's like a magic thing that like, oh, if you do this, that's always the best because it always just depends on that role, on that project, on that moment. And that's what we're looking for. And that's why our job is exhausting sometimes because it's like, there's a world of possibilities and we have to narrow it down to one. Only one person can get the job at the end of the yeah. day out of the thousand. That's so true what you say. Like that should be part of an actor's preparation. Yeah. And, and it's, it doesn't take long. You know what I mean? It's just so quick and that you have context for the show, how it goes, and it's so important to do and something that gets overlooked, I think. And, you know, obviously if you have questions, you should ask them in the audition room, but if the questions are like, what is this? To me, that reads as like, you didn't take the time to just look this up, and then how are you going to be prepared to give an audition if you don't know what this is? Like, you're setting up for me to say like, oh, I'm about to watch a bad audition. So, like, and 
that just sucks. It's not doing yourself a service. Like, you know, if you have questions about the material, if you have questions about moments, if you have questions about the script that maybe we can answer, like, yes, we'll totally try to give you information to help you in your process. But if your questions are just like things that could have been answered by Google. Yeah. Just, everyone's got Google. It's not professional, you know, and, it, and it's, it's almost like it, it also would be hard to trust someone like that on set, you yeah. know, professionally. Yeah. And we're looking at all of that, you know, we're not just looking at how you perform as an actor, but we are looking at how you perform as a human and how you interact with us. And if someone comes in and they're a jerk, we're going to think twice about putting that jerk on a set because at the end of the day, that comes back to us. Yeah. And I feel like that's like working 101, you know, in any business, yeah. it's just like people want to work with people that they like working with that are easy to work with, you know, yeah. it's so important. So to piggyback off that, what are some of the criteria that you have of bringing actors in? Like, do you have actors you, you go to that you love, you have lists or any particular criteria? I mean, again, it depends on the role, right? Because I just want to service the role and I want to service the project. So depending on what it is we're looking for, because, you know, I can go through a breakdown and I can be like, oh, I love him. Oh, I love her. Oh, I love her. But if they're not right for that particular role I have in mind, it doesn't matter. So it's not that you're looking for the best actor in the world. You're looking for the actor that in the moment is going to serve the, the purpose of whatever you're casting for. Um, so like, yes, I have a huge mental Rolodex of people that I think are great and, you know, can look at old lists and be like, oh, I want to call these people in. And then, you know, people I don't know, I'll look at demo reels or I'll, you know, talk to agents and get pitches. All of that stuff goes into it and deciding who has the opportunity to come in the door and deliver. Well, speaking of that, like with submissions and everything, is it mainly you that kind of looks through it or is it also like your associate? You guys get so many submissions. So I guess yeah. it's your process there. I look through everything. Um, I put everything in alphabetical order and people don't panic if your last name ends with Z that doesn't mean you don't <laughs> get seen. It means that, yeah, but it means that you definitely get seen because I know that if like my eyes start to bleed when I get to M, I have to take a break yeah. and come back to it and then I can look at everything clearly and start to narrow down. So I, I go through every submission that comes in and it's easy electronically and you know now I'm so used to kind of looking at it. It's very easy for me to kind of tell quickly. I don't spend a lot of time line by line. Um, um, and just start, you know, do one pass of everybody and narrow it down and then look at those narrow down selects and narrow down some more and narrow down some more until I get to the so board actors. Like the first was. pass, you're just kind of going off headshots. And then when you Correct. narrow down, is that kind of just, does demo reels happen sometimes there or like what, what happens then? Yeah, for sure. So usually the first pass is headshots. Sometimes a demo reel, if like I have more questions about a person, then I'll go, oh, that's interesting. I'll, I'll click on that. And then sort of after I've done that big first pass where I've really narrowed it down, then when you're looking at that group more selectly next to each other, it becomes a little bit clearer. Like, oh yeah, I clicked on that person originally, but I feel like there are these other people that are more right. So I'm going to kind of knock them out of this one. But again, it totally depends on the context of the role. But yeah, demo reels, you know, hugely come into play, especially when you're, you know, when you're an actor I don't know. Right. Being able to have a, suddenly a, a voice and a presence on my screen to, to figure out if you're going to match with this material is, is huge. And with, with, with the demo reels, I, I always find it interesting because everyone seems to have different preferences. Are you looking more like, would you like to see like smaller clips where it's like, the, you know, those 20, 25 seconds things where it's super in character and for that role a bit more? Or do you also look at more like the speed reel of a minute, two minutes, whatever it is? Yeah. So I think this is a couple things. I think one, it's going to depend on what you have to show, right? Because some actors are just not going to have 
as much footage to show. They're only gonna have a select amount of footage to pull from and they should be using the footage that's gonna help them. They shouldn't be using footage that's okay, but not too great, but like I just need to show something. That's gonna hurt you. If it doesn't, if it's not great, it's gonna hurt you, you know what I mean? So you never want someone to look at a demo and go, oh my God, what is this? No, I don't, I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. Um, but if you do have a lot of great footage, right? I used to say I don't care, and I've sort of changed this around a little bit because sometimes when you have all of those little clicks, it gets really overwhelming for me. Like, I don't know what to click on. And so sometimes I'll just defer to like projects that I know or shows that I like, and that's what I'll click on. But I might be missing some of your best work because I'm just clicking on the things that I like. Yeah. So my preference, honestly, is dividing by comedy and drama because then I can look at the at whatever it is that I'm working on. If I need your comedy tape or if I need your drama tape, and just having your best comedy stuff and your best drama stuff forward, that to me is a little bit cleaner because I can sort of figure out how to pull. And I'm usually going to click through it anyway. You know what I mean? I'm never going to sit there and just be like, watch it the whole way through. I don't have that. So. You know, what about like, like sometimes you see people and some people do this and I've always been curious what you think of it when they don't have a lot of material and if they like put like a very good self tape or something. So I would rather see a self tape audition than one of those like, um, like going to a company where they write a scene for you and film it or whatever it is. Uh, I can't stand those. Really? Okay. It's so fabricated and a lot of times the writing's not very good and the shot just looks weird and they're like trying to make it professional but it's not at all. And it's just like, it feels like grasping at straws. But a self-tape audition, I have much more of a frame of reference for that obviously as a casting director, someone who sees self-tapes all the time. Just make sure that's a good self-tape audition, you yeah. know what I mean? And make sure it's, um, you know, self-tape you booked off of, that's probably a good indication that it's a yeah. good self-tape. You should, you could have that up there. Um, but also make sure it's, it's, you have permission to use that material because, you know, some people have to sign their life away and NDAs and projects are private, um, yeah. and you aren't allowed to, and then all of a sudden you have this material out there that you weren't supposed to have out there. Um, so just, make that, again, make sure it's a good representation of you. Cause I have, I just, again, have much more of a frame of reference for a self tape than for a I feel like that's good to know because I think sometimes actors are like scared to put self tapes because they're like, oh, it's, it's almost it's something to go to a company and get like pay money to get a shot. But I've always like, st I've started to think too, like, wouldn't it be better to show like a really great self tape, which is what you're seeing anyway, for the most part. Than and listen, like I, I'll always prefer fully produced footage. Like, you know what I mean? Like it, fully produced footage that's polished and that's like a real performance because an, act, an audition performance is always going to be different than a, than a real performance that you're giving on the day of. That's why we don't just take the audition and put it in on the TV show. You have to come into set and do your thing. Yeah. Um, so always, always going to prefer that, that polished finished product. But if you don't have that really a self tape is, is going to be the best way to give me that indication. And I got one more thing on all that. And one that's everyone seems to have kind of strong feelings about or kind of go all over the place with this one. What about these slate shots? What's your opinion oh, yeah. on that? I don't watch them. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people don't, you know, like I and and I hope nobody breakdowns gets my idea about that, but I don't I don't want I don't watch them. I don't they're weird to me. I don't get them. And I always feel like I always feel in general like you guys overthink the slates so much, like like they they're just like oh my god i have to slate and all of a sudden it becomes a deer in headlight like it shouldn't be in character it shouldn't be a big deal it's just it's 
it's paperwork to us. You know what I mean? It's information that we need information to make sure that we have the right tape in the right place to make sure like, you know, we know where you're located or how tall you are. The big thing is knowing how tall people are all the time so that, you know, we don't get on set and you're like looking like so different from each other. Um, we don't need like six Apple boxes to make the scene work. I'm just making the Apple box. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, but I don't, the slate shots to me, I, um, they're always, they come off creepy almost sometimes, some of them, because people are like, oh, hello. I, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I'm just, yeah, I just want to watch your demo. I don't want to watch your slate shot. Sorry. So, um, <laughs> another question I had is, especially being that we're in the pandemic and everything with self-tapes, and I assume things might change. How do you see things looking in the future in terms of coming in person and self-tapes? Do you think the trend is just going to go more towards self-tapes in general permanently? I don't think there's a world where we're having live auditions for quite some time. I don't think anyone's going to feel comfortable having hundreds of people in and out of a tiny little enclosed space. And you got, I mean, like the actors should not feel comfortable running all across town every which way, sitting in crowded lobbies next to people they don't know either. Um, I think it's going to be self-taping for a while. With that though, I think that we are going to have a responsibility to give more information and as much direction as possible with the self-tape because we're not going to have that live in-person back and forth and experience. So I, I'm hopeful and I don't know, this is, this is all just my guesstimation, but I, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot more information. I think we're going to be seeing a lot more redirects on self-tapes because we're going to get them in and go, okay, this was close, but like we really need to hit these moments and we're not getting it, but these six people were the closest. Let's have these six people retape. Um, I can see a world where we're doing live callbacks on Zoom and Skype and recording them that way, but I, I just don't a world yet where it's possible to be live and that's yeah, it could it could be a while I guess that could be another year do you yeah. think you're able to still get a good sense of the actor's energy and how they are with like a, a Skype callback yeah because I mean you know again a lot of stuff was going to sell the tape before anyway so we're still this isn't new you know brand new territory for us it's just adjusting sort of the way we have been doing things and, and saying okay we're definitely not doing it this way anymore um, and, you know, you can still get a sense. We're, we're going to, I don't know, it's tricky, right? It's also like, we're not going to have the banter back and forth. So we're not going to maybe find out if the person's a jerk, you know, much easier if we have a self-tape, but that maybe falls to our responsibility to do a little bit more research into the person or, you know, talk to the agent or even talk to the actor on the phone. Like, I just think we're going to, we're going to have to vouch for people a little bit and figure out the best way to do that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but that is sort of my gut sense about it. But you can totally get a sense of somebody if they're a good actor off of a tape, off of a Skype, like, because we've been doing that anyway. And, you know, most projects nowadays are just you and a casting director and a camera, and then those tapes are going off to the creative team. Yeah. So the creative team has sort of been used to doing it that way forever. It's just the casting director that sort of has to get used to it now. Because creatives have, that, yeah. creatives have sort of been doing self-taping for years now, right? Like, they're almost, ne like, episodic, almost never in the room anymore. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess it, it won't be, it'll be an adjustment, but maybe not that big. You know, it's been happening already. Yeah, and I think, you know, I also think we're going to be seeing more actors parole if it's self-tape because, you know, when I'm running a live session, I have three hours and I just don't, like, 
I only have a finite amount of time where I can see people live, but if it's self tapes and it's people's own time, then I'm clicking through videos. So I think there might be a wider net and more opportunity for people to have auditions, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. So it might actually result in, for actors at least, in more auditions. Yeah. 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 It's going to be interesting to see how everything kind of, what permanently changes after this and everything. Um, but like you said, yeah, I think the trend's going to go much more towards the self tapes and everything. And what, what do you advise, like, do you do a lot when, because I know everyone's a little different with this, when people audition, and especially when it was in person, are you big on, like, coaching them or telling them, like, oh, do this, do this, or is it more like, hey, just do your thing, and then, you know, see you later after that, you know? I mean, if it's good, I'm not going to redirect it, ever, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, if someone comes in the room and nails it, why work with it? That, that yeah. doesn't get anybody anywhere, but yeah, if somebody is close, I will always work with them or try different things or if somebody like went way too big to bring them down and, and always, always play in the room. Um, obviously you're not going to have the opportunity to do with that anymore if it's you're just sending in self-tapes. But like I said, I think if you see something that's really glaring on a self-tape, you'll be able to say, let's have them retape or like, I think we're going to give ourselves cushions to be able to get redirects of tapes if we need to. Yeah. I guess the one thing that I think about, like the tapes are, I think tapes are good, self-tapes are good. The only thing that I guess you missed then is, like you said, the relationship building and really getting to know a person. And yeah. that's, I guess, how, I don't know if there's a way to replace that. You know? Virtual coffee. Yeah. Virtual yeah. coffee days. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, look, it, it blows. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, it, it, it's not the ideal situation, but I think in order to keep everybody safe and sane at this point, it seems like the most reasonable solution. And maybe it won't be that way. I just don't know. This is just the, the sort of inkling that I've had through seeing sort of how things have evolved in the past couple of weeks. So. Plus, I feel like that was probably one of the more enjoyable parts of it too for you, right? Like you said, you yeah. it must be fun to like be in the room and fit the energy. And, and I yeah. guess energy is obviously way different. Yeah. it's different it's different and again like you're not meeting you're not getting facetime you're not joking around you're not yeah. you're not getting to just just work in the room in real time it's obviously harder to like send in a tape and then two days later get a note back about that tape you forgot about two days ago and retape or whatever it is yeah. um you know so but i think i think that's just what's gonna be for a while <laughs> like, uh, kind of like a question on that and kind of in a similar area and also, you don't know because I don't think anyone knows for sure. But when do you think we're gonna like get going again? I couldn't tell you, even if I wanted to. I know that people have contingency plans for different months, perhaps. Like if you started up in August, we'll do this. If we start in September, we'll do this. But I think right now nobody. Yeah. And also, like we're not privy generally to those kinds of conversations. Like we get the phone call that say, "Okay, we're starting now," and we don't. <laughs> so. Um, I just don't know. I, I hope sooner than later, but again, like I think until everybody feels safe and, and everybody, I, I don't know. I wish I knew. I wish I had an answer for that. If you find out, please let me know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I have the answer for that either. Like, what do you think? Like, I guess, what do you think actors should do meanwhile with all this like free time basically? Like, obviously, like, priority number one, just staying physically and mentally healthy is yeah. number one, which, you know, that's already takes, honestly, like, some work at this point. And, like, but after that, like, what's something that you think would be a good idea to spend some time on, you know? Maybe even as preparation for whenever things do get started. I think it's a couple things. I think, one, 
knowing that right now there's the competition is gone, right? Because there's no jobs to compete over. So don't feel like you have to compete with anybody. This is the point right now where you can turn inward and really just focus on yourself. And you don't have to really worry what everybody else is doing because we're all sitting at home, not working. So you can focus on the things that really matter to you. Um, there are a lot of great casting directors offering free challenges online, free monologue challenges. There are, there, there are people offering classes online in acting studios, casting directors, agents. There are people offering workshops and showcases through Zoom. Um, so I think taking advantage of those opportunities that you think you're going to get something out of is really the way to go. That, that's going to better you. That's going to help you prepare and give you a sense of this kind of virtual world that we're all sort of living in now. Um, but I also think you can overdo it because I think people are offering so much great stuff and have come together as a community and it's so beautiful that it's yeah. very overwhelming. And you can go, oh, I, I didn't hear about that challenge. Oh, I didn't hear about that class. Oh, I forgot to sign up for this. Yeah. And I and know. It's, yeah. it's not a productivity contest. It's still a global pandemic and you don't have to take advantage of every single thing, especially if it's not going to fulfill you just to feel like you you did it. So it's really about picking and choosing the opportunities that you want to be a part of and and doing them well so that it fills your cup and so that you can, you know, be learn from it and grow, like I said. I think I think that's so true. I think sometimes like especially actors because they're always so like on the go and need to do more and how do I get to get further and stuff. And it's like it's like nice that I think for me at least I think it's nice that this t- like quiet period is in in a way happening it's also like a way to like reset and be like yeah. hey what's really important in my life and are, like as you know as passionate as we all are about entertainment industry and movies and tv it's one aspect of life it's not all of life and I, I think that's a hard thing to sometimes realize or getting in, inside your head about because you're just working on this all the time. So, but it's kind of nice to step back and be like, oh, look, let's slow life down a little bit. You know what I mean? That's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I find myself getting anxious throughout the week. Like, oh, I, I missed that one right there. I missed that challenge right there. I saw my friend, why didn't you tell me about this two days earlier? Yeah, and, and people uh, get crazy nice about it. said that, so. I, I just recently finished a monologue competition on Instagram. I got over 2000 monologue submissions and I'm still getting emails from people being like, I missed the deadline. Here's my monologue. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry, but like, I have to, I still have to do the, and I'm making more work for myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but like, if the deadline is passed, like, I'm so sorry. I got to focus on the over 2,000 people that did get this in on time and deal with, deal with that. So it's just... I wondered how many you got because we had a bunch of our, like my actors uh, put them in as well for yours. And yeah. uh, oh man, she must be getting on so many. Yeah, I got over 2,000. So I'm going... Yeah. 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 I mean, look, some of them um, I can turn off really quickly, to be honest, because they're just not up to the caliber of, of what we expect by industry standards. Yeah. Some of them didn't follow the rules and they're three minute monologues and I'm not going to sit through and watch. Yeah. Um, so it's, so I can go through like, not quickly, but right away can kind of tell like what's going to be, what I'm going to watch and what I'm not. But um, 
you know, already I've seen like really incredible work and it's been really exciting. And, you know, now I get to watch the Hunter monologues before I go to bed every night and try and chip away at it. Yeah, it's nice too, because I was going to ask you, because obviously on the actor side, it's like, okay, what do you do on the actor side? But I guess on your side, on the casting director side, I, I want like, my question would be too, like, oh, what do you do now? Because like, you're so used to being so, I know how busy you guys are. Like you guys are really yeah. busy and to have like that go from like a hundred miles an hour to like standstill, like, I guess what, like, I would like, I guess that's, this is one way to kind of get on a jog, kind of, you know what I mean? Totally. And, you know, um, you know, I've talked, I've participated in other challenges. This keeps us sharp as well. This keeps us working. This keeps us feeling connected. This keeps us flexing our muscle as, as casting directors. And so it, it totally serves a purpose for us as well. And so that's, that's why we're, we're doing this. We're doing this to like, have a space where people can be creative and artistic to keep you guys sharp, to keep us sharp and you know, everything in between. So. Yeah. And, that, and that's really nice. I've, I've, I've always seen that like, and especially now since we've been interviewing more and getting to know kind of that side more deeply than before, it's, it's always nice to hear how like advocates casting directors are for actors and how like mm -hmm. passionate about, about basically changing their life in, in many ways. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Totally. We're, we're, listen, like I am, I am very much passionate about being a champion of actors. I want actors to succeed. I want them to come in the room and do their best work. I don't want anyone to ever come in and blow it. Like, does it make for a funny story? Sure. But like, is that, like, that wouldn't make me good at my job. You know what I mean? I would be a terrible casting director if every single actor came in and was awful. That would not reflect well on me. We want you guys to do your best work. We want, we want success. We want creativity. We want all of those really delicious, yummy things that, that make those magical moments. That's what we're looking for. And I think, you know, sometimes we are viewed as like this dragon that like you have to, you know, tame or whatever. And I think actors are seeing through this time but that's not the case they've gotten a lot more access to us now that we're not so busy and they're like oh these are human beings that are quite approachable yeah, and have yeah, our best I think a lot hard. of fear you know and you, you talked about that a little earlier like how a lot of actors overthink so much mm -hmm. like oh what are they gonna think and oh and like you know and i think that just already hurts your audition anyway yeah already yeah. you're like going out from a place of fear and to expand yeah. on that, like, that's also one of the reasons we did the podcast was to humanize casting directors because that's also why we want to ask other stuff. She's a human being. <laughs> I can, I'm literally looking at her now. She's a human being. Um, but that's also why we like to ask things outside of entertainment to be like, these, these are just normal people who have families and they love to go on vacations or if they have time, obviously. Um, <laughs> you watch them. Like, you want every, the, the next actor to be the right one because it makes your job, obviously, easier if that next actor is the well, perfect that, that's, one. Well, that's the key right there. I think that's so important what he said there. It's like, you want them to actually succeed. I think yeah. sometimes actors forget that and they're like, oh, they're so nervous and like, you know, and, and they're almost like seeing it as like a adversarial thing, but it's not. It's like, you want them to actually do the best they can. Totally. And we're all different too, which people remember. Like the same way that actors are all different, casting directors are all different too. We have different quirks. We have different likes and dislikes again, like it's this kind of humanizing thing. I think in general, I mean, like, I don't know a single casting director that is not a champion of actors or doesn't want actors to succeed. I think that's a pretty blanket statement we can make. We yeah. all want them to succeed. But otherwise, like we're different people too. So I get a lot of time too, like, well, I went in for so-and-so and they said this. And I'd be like, that's great. I'm so happy for you. I, on the other hand, am asking for this. So like, 
you know, I think getting that information out there too and, and people being able to see our personalities and how we work and what we respond to is, is again, more information, more, more information you can use it to your benefit. And speaking of that, uh, is there anything that you're, that's like, I guess, pet peeves for you or that's something like, not even, it doesn't even have to be a pet peeve where you're like, I hate this, but it, it can be something like not to do's or to do's type of thing. Yeah. You know? Um, so like I said already, I think, I think information is a big thing, right? So like, like I think I mentioned when you come in the room and you're like, what is this? Like to me, I'm just like garbage, get out of here. Like I, like, yeah. why are you even here? I also hate when an actor comes in and goes, I'm so sorry. I just got these sides last night. Mm. And, and I'm like, I know when you got them. I gave them out. So <laughs> don't tell me when you got them. I'm well aware. I know it was last minute. I know everyone got them last minute. Or I know like, you had them two days ago and you just chose not to look at it until last night. But what you're saying when you come in with that is, hey, you're about to watch a really bad audition. Here it goes. <laughs> Lower, lowering the expectations and hey this is gonna be bad but i hope you enjoy it <laughs> like apologizing before you even shot your shot oh i hate it i hate and like listen i get that like people have bad days and i get that like things happen and, and we're all again all human but when you come in frazzled and you're like my car broke down and my dog had to go to the vet and i didn't have time to read this and i was missing page two of the side so it really didn't make sense and then i found page two later and like you know just like a laundry list of things that have happened to in your life you know yeah i don't i'm not about just come in and do the good work and then after you've done an incredible job then you can say oh i'm so relieved because you won't believe the day i had yesterday you yeah. know what i mean like i'm happy to have all those conversations with you after the fact and get into the nitty-gritty but when you're setting yourself up and presenting your first impression of like, oh, listen to how unprepared I am. Yeah, it's just terrible. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> um, and I'm going to ask you a completely different question now, going a completely Wait. different direction. If you, like, obviously you love casting and that's your career and you love it, but if there was another career that you could do and they just said, here you go, you're going to be the best at it, is there something that pops to mind? I don't know. I, um, I, whatever it is, I'm sure it would be in the creative sphere because that's just like where my brain is. My friends always joke that like one day I'm just gonna like say screw it and move to like Seattle and make candles for a living or something and like just do something crafty and creative. <laughs> Um, but you know, before I went into casting, I thought I was going to be a dramaturg. Like, that's what I thought I was going to do. So I was like going to come out to Los Angeles and I was going to move back to New York and like work in Broadway and like do like deep research and Shakespeare and like all that kind of stuff. Like that's sort of where my brain was at. So who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe that would have been the path or maybe not. I don't know. I like the candle idea. See? <laughs> I love candles. Yeah, I thought... <laughs> I think I'd, I'd, I'd want to do, I'd be like a rock star or something, you know? That'd yeah, be... there you go. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of talent, but I definitely don't. Yeah, <laughs> He's going for it, though. <laughs> go, go for it. I learned to play the ukulele during quarantine, so I'm like halfway there, right? That's that song. Did you learn how to play the one that's like on that 51st date? Do you remember that one? Yeah, I, I'm not that good. Guys, I'm, I'm a happy birthday, and you are my sunshine kind of level right now. But <laughs> give, me a, give me a little bit, and I'll see what Whenever, you whenever you're able to do it, I want to see that. Hey, I love that song, and it's pretty difficult. Yeah, I got you. When I, give me some jack, and I'll, I'll work on it. I've been, I've been learning the guitar during this. I feel like we're all going in creative hey. directions during this time, but I've been, like, yeah. learning the guitar, and, uh, of course, I, like, learned Wonderwall 
It's like right. a it's song like the everyone most learns. overlearned song in history of songs. And much to my chagrin every day that I have to hear it. <laughs> Amazing. And then I have a question about just like your whole career because you've been doing that for a while. Is there anything that you, that happened during your career that quote unquote would have been like considered like a failure or something that maybe, let's not even call it a fear, failure, let's call it a learning experience that happened oh. that shifted your career and you were like, oh, I really learned something valuable there. I mean, obviously nobody's perfect. I'm not a perfect human being. I've definitely made mistakes and I've definitely learned from those mistakes. Um, I think like truly the biggest shift for me has been becoming a mom and working in this industry because the balance of that is just bananas and the guilt is real. And, you know, I think, um, again, like I said, the job is 24 seven. And so balancing that job with 24 seven being a mom and, and making it all work. Cause my, my work ethic hasn't changed and my desire to succeed hasn't changed. And I don't think the quality of my work has changed at all, but I have to balance it now with this other huge, huge piece of my life. Um, and so it's just, it's just a daily struggle and it's a struggle finding like-minded people who are understanding of that as well. Because if I have to leave work to pick up my kid at daycare because she's a fever like that's that's something that is going to come first yeah, that um so you know that's hard because it makes me feel like i've failed or dropped the ball somewhere um so i think that's that's probably the biggest thing but obviously there's been huge mistakes along the way some minor that i beat myself up over some big that i am still haunted by at night whatever is the case but like i said before i think i wouldn't change any of it because that's how you learn and you grow and that's all you utilize yeah that makes sense is so is there what projects are you excited about like that might be coming up i know everything's suspended right now and stuff so maybe nothing but like, um, you know, about or maybe that's coming out soon you know um I was working on a really cool indie movie when this all happened. I'm still jazzed about it and it's going to happen when, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but there was a really dope movie and it was a comedy that I was working on that I, I don't know that I can say too much about, but I was, I was just really jazzed about it. And it was shaping up to be like such a good group of people. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, and um, I, uh, a show that I, worked on a year ago finally aired on Quibi this show called Dummy with Anna Kendrick which is really funny and raunchy and ridiculous and now all of us know what Quibi is because I had no idea even when I was working on it which is exciting so that's airing now which is cool and then I don't know we'll see guys like you know it's the same for us like we're just waiting to see what's going to happen what's actually going to come back because I think some things just might die off some things might you know come back some things might get kicked later we just I just don't know. Yeah, cause I wonder about that too, because part of me thinks for sure some things are just going to permanently not go on anymore. I think some of the pilots that we're casting are just going to... Yeah, they're probably down. done. But then another part also thinks, I think to myself, well, now there's months of not, no production, so aren't they going to run out of th new, new things to show? I actually think we're going to see a huge animation boom. I think that that's going to be one of the first things to come back because people can record at home or they can come into a voiceover studio one at a time and then sanitize equipment and you can have animators working at computers, not necessarily like on a soundstage. Like I think, I think stuff like that's going to be really big for a while um, and be some of the first stuff to, to get up and running again. Um, but again, like, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't know.
is there anything since we all have so much time to well you have less time because you got to talk <laughs> especially at two years old that's terrible twos i've heard but uh is there anything that you've been watching that you're like oh i love this show like I, like i've been watching now recently outer banks i don't know if you've heard of it oh yeah the new one yeah. on it came on netflix love that show is there anything that you you've seen that you recently or that you're watching or binging on uh, obviously we're watching a lot of frozen in my house but um it's interesting because you know my husband and i watch a lot of stuff together and we have really shied away from all of our drama shows in the past seven weeks because i think the world is too heavy right now and like we just want to escape yeah. into comedy so we've been watching a lot of our favorite comedies um so obviously i like i love Shit's creek i love brooklyn Nine nine um i love what we do in the shadows i just think that is like one of the best shows on television it's so funny it's on fx and it's absurd and ridiculous um what else uh the new season of insecure is fantastic on hbo is really good um it's probably and then you know i'm i watch jeopardy every night i don't care hundred years old i love it i love watching jeopardy and we're gonna run out of jeopardy soon i just read an article about that and i'm so depressed about it but <sighs> that's funny i i have a show that i would recommend that I love that's it's coming season two. Maybe you've seen it, Dead to Me. Oh, I, you know, I've never actually watched Dead to Me, Watch. but I kept, like, kept meaning to. Yeah, I gotta get on that. Yeah. It's so good. And it's not, because I know you want to see more like comedy and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's more dark comedy. Totally. totally. Yeah. But it's, it's very good. It's like one of those shows, like, I don't know, remember even how I came on the first episode. But before I knew it, I'm like binging 10 episodes straight. And I'm just like, what just happened to my life? <laughs> nice. Just a time suck. Yeah, just yeah, the best type. <laughs> so I got one final question for you, um, and you know, answer this however you want. What's something that I guess you would give as advice to people, to actors, that if you could say something, it can be in any direction you want, that you would tell, let's say, actors. You know, yeah. Wash your hands. Uh, That's a good idea. <laughs> Masks. <laughs> Masks. Um, it's gonna be okay. I think that's just it. I think we all just have to recognize that we're in it together. And no matter what you decide, make the best decisions for yourself. Don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Don't worry about anybody else's plan. Stop comparing yourself to, to everybody else and what they're doing at this time. This is not the time for that. Like you said, this is the time to reset and just do the things that are gonna fill your cup. You can't pour from an empty cup. You can't give and give and give pieces of yourself if you have nothing left to give. So you have to do the things that are gonna fulfill you in this time, the things that are gonna keep you sane, that are gonna keep you safe. And that's, and if you're doing that, then you're doing the best you possibly can. And that's, that's all that matters right now. Yeah, that's so true. That, that's, that's the most important, I feel like right now. And then yeah. if your own cup's full, you can overflow and then, you know, Exactly. You have so yeah. much more to give. Yeah, that's great. Um, thanks so much for coming on. This was really great. Really My pleasure. Time, especially with the two-year-old and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My um, pleasure. Thank you guys for having we're me. Looking forward to uh, seeing your projects uh, on TV and getting going when everything gets going. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Yeah. Thanks, Kara. Talk to you Thank soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay updated on new episodes every week. Check out our show notes for our contact info and social media and hit us up with any questions you may have. <laughs>